This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 108, Dan Perez on Explosive Hypnotic Business. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Make it rain. It's Jason Lynette here with a hypnotic session all about growing your business. And Dan Perez is a guy who I've known for going on almost about 10 years, thanks to the interwebs, uh, by interacting in various forums and then finally meeting in person over at the HypnoThoughts Live convention a few years back. And Dan is a guy who uh, started off as a stage hypnotist and nowadays is working full-time as a hypnotherapist seeing clients down in Texas. And what you're going to hear is a real mindset towards, let's make this thing work. You know, so often, I, I share the strategy that if you go back to a previous podcast session that was all about active and passive strategies to grow your business, what I want you to take note of is that primarily Dan is going to be talking about getting your business listed on Yelp and doing so in a way that really is a really no-cost strategy that at its core comes back to being a good person and being really good at what you do. And you're going to hear that inside of this, though at the same time, you're going to hear some strategies to really work a system in such a way that, as I like to say, it's not the game of saying that doesn't work or that does work. The better question is instead to ask yourself, how do I make that work even better? So you're going to hear some strategies inside of this, which you'll hear me playing devil's advocate throughout this one, because some people might have a different reaction, a different opinion as to what Dan is doing, though at its core, it comes down to interacting with a client in such a way to really make sure they're satisfied with the service that you're providing. And take note, he is going to be talking about an extreme minority as well. And it's a strategy that honestly, I mean, you can see records of me doing as well, interacting with a client to make sure they are happy with the experience and interacting with a client in such a way to really bump up their success, get them on track with their goals and really make these outstanding improvements. So we did title this as, and I was actually pinging Dan online right before I recorded this introduction, uh, calling it explosive hypnotic business because there's a day where suddenly, as Dan put it, the phone was ringing, business spiked, and it was him backtracking to go, okay, what's making this happen? And to really track that success down, you know, really to play that 80-20 uh, that principle, as it were, to figure out what is that one thing that I'm doing that is really making the phone ring and really making my business run. For me, it's the online videos and the work that I did in the past in terms of live networking. And to get more advice, to get more strategies in terms of your business, of course, head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com to get full instant access to the Netflix for your hypnosis business training library. Though in the meantime, let's jump right in. Here we go. This is a great one you got to listen to. Session number 108, Dan Perez on Explosive Hypnotic Business. So what happened with me was I started using hypnosis uh, for self-improvement many years ago and was just reading different books and just whatever I could find and um, just working on hypnotizing myself. And um, I wasn't really a low responder, but I was not 
you know, a somnambulist <laughs> either. So it took some trial and error for me to start seeing changes in myself. But I did start to see changes, and some of them were quite significant. And as I felt better and better, I was like, wow, this stuff is really cool. And I kept studying and um, just reading every, pretty much at that point everything I could read about it and, uh, and got better. And then uh, finally, there was a friend of mine, I just can't remember his name. He was a hypnotist in um, Wisconsin. And we were chatting at the time on, on I guess, a fairly primitive you know, bulletin board system or something like that. Yeah. And he said, <laughs> um, he said, uh, you know, so much because we were talking about hypnosis and he says, you are so knowledgeable. You really should be like hypnotizing other people. And I thought, hmm, okay. So he turned me on to Anthony Jackman and that's when I read reality is plastic. And, uh, that sort of really solidified my ability to hypnotize someone else. And I was pretty thrilled at the idea and kind of what the possibilities were. And I initially approached it from the, because Jackman, you know, made his fame as a street hypnotist. Um, I, um, I was kind of interested in that aspect of it. So I started doing some street hypnosis in bars and clubs and was having actually quite a bit of fun, um, but not really doing very well figuring out how to make any money at it. So it was just kind of a hobby. And I uh, got better and better at that, thanks to uh, Jacqueline's tutelage, because I contacted him in the UK, and he was very friendly and accommodating, which he still is with all his um, his uh, customers. And um, so he gave, me, he gave me a ton of advice, and I started kind of following him and everything, learning little tips and tricks, uh, especially, you know, for the street hypnosis atmosphere and everything like that. And that kind of went on for a while, and then I got the bug to be a stage hypnotist, and so that's when I you know, contacted Jeff Ronning and started doing all that stuff. And that's, of course, how I met you originally. And then um, tried to do that for a while, but I just couldn't ever quite get it on a paying basis. I did quite a number of shows, but it just was, they weren't coming often enough for me to uh, kind of, you know, pay the bills with them or whatever. And so did that for a while. And um, in the meantime, was starting to kind of sporadically see clients for, you know, therapeutic purposes, just helping a friend stop smoking or helping a friend lose weight or something like that. And that was going really well. And so eventually I just sort of um, actually used a pendulum and I pulled my subconscious about whether I should continue to try and do the stage stuff or go into hypnotherapy. And the pendulum actually, actually said stick with the stage stuff, which was pretty funny because I guess it was, uh, I guess my subconscious is very optimistic. So I stuck with it a little bit longer, but the, um, uh, I, I actually started to make money from doing hypnotherapy and I thought, okay, I'm going to shift over to this. And at the time, my day job was I was working as a senior editor and writer for an internet travel company that unfortunately was also going down by the stern like the Titanic did. And um, so I hadn't, had, I hadn't had a raise in like four years despite good reviews and stuff like that. And uh, so I had instituted basically a four-year plan to shift from, uh, from the company over to a full-time hypnosis job. And I was sort of halfway through that plan when they um, dissolved my job there to consolidate with some something else. So some other poor sap had to do a bunch of extra work because they let me go. And uh, at that time, I was kind of panicky because um, I'd been underemployed with that company for some time. So we didn't have a lot of savings or any safety net built up. So I made a very panicky call to Richard Nongard. Yeah. And I made a very panicky <laughs> call to Anthony Jackman in the UK. And they were both like terrific. They just, um, Jackman had 
been um, a salesman before he became a hypnotist, and he had essentially this exact same thing happen to him. They dissolved his job or fired him, and then he just switched over and became a hypnotist uh, full-time. And that's what he said. That's what he, he said, Dan, just you've got I, – by that time, I had had private training with him in Las Vegas and uh, was uh, qualified to teach the head-hacking flavor of hypnosis as a distance trainer in Houston. So um, I just said, okay, I'm just not going to look back. I'm going to do what they said. And Nongard gave me some great advice as well. And I just kind of shifted over and just, it was, uh, when I look back on it now, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just a working hypnotist now. I've got an office and clients and all that stuff. But looking back on it, my first few sessions were in my house, in the front room. Yeah. And, yeah. I've, got, and I've got dogs. And so <laughs> I was having to give, I was having to pace it if my dog started barking or something like that. It was just, it was a very shoestring kind of thing. And I was just... It's amusing to look back, but also kind of horrifying. Although the question to and, ask uh, is, were you effective yeah. in that format? Actually, I was. Yeah. Actually, I was because I knew how to pace. And so I said, you know, I'm going to let you know in advance. I've got dogs and they may bark, but if they bark, it's just not going to bother you. And then I would reinforce the pacing once they were starting to go into trance and everything like that. So, um, yeah, I was effective and I started to get more clients. And then I switched over and I started using sort of a, a part-time office. And um, the way it was, um, it was at that time, it was Abbey Executive Suites. And they, um, so uh, I just rented a blank, kind of a blank office. It just had a table and two chairs. Mm -hmm. And um, and I had everything to do my job in a big, big leather briefcase. And I would go and set up in the office and do my sessions. It was pretty bare bones, but it was all I could afford at the time. But that started to improve. And um, and so I started getting Yelp reviews, and I thought, wow, I'm going to really leverage this. And then I also used Mark Carlin's Groupon strategy. Yeah. And that basically, because I was able to finesse it the way he, want, the, he, the way he recommended and use it as lead gathering instead of the normal kind of Groupon thing. And then I was able to leverage that into enough money to save my house because my finances were just teetering on the edge of disaster that whole time. And, um, and so with the Groupon strategy, I was kind of clunking along barely. And then um, about six months in, I noticed a huge spike in my, in my, in my calls. So um, I was, I, you know how it is. You start frantically looking, what did I do right that I right. Can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, well, so especially I was, to to take that time and really analyze it because it's where people would often fall prey to crediting the wrong thing. Yeah, I wanted to know exactly what I mm -hmm. did that caused that big spike in sales, and uh, I traced it back to Yelp. And what happened was because I'd gotten a certain number of reviews, Yelp has this kind of critical mass equation or something like that. And what I found was my Yelp page had jumped up to the very top of the Google rankings for yeah. hypnotists in Houston. And it had this nifty five-star graphic with it, which none of the other hypnotists yeah. had. <laughs> and, um, and so it was really Yelp that caused this huge spike in my sales because I was now listed in the best of Yelp in three categories and, um, and had all five-star reviews, even though they, they've got that weird 
thing where they hide some of them or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and so, uh, privately, and yes, this is going out in a public forum, uh, but we can chat about this. <laughs> uh, there's some controversy as to whether or not um, they hide reviews if you're paying them or not paying them. And I'm comfortable now actually saying that uh, I actually just loaded my page as we were chatting there. Um, I am kind of paying them right now just as an experiment. And yet, even though I'm paying them, I just scrolled down and it said um, seven other reviews that are not currently recommended. Yeah. So whether yeah, you're they paying them, that. Yeah. the reason behind that, oh, look at that one. A five-star review is not showing up. This one's good, too. The The reason why... And um, just to share some thoughts on that, and I'll take both sides of it. On one side, screw these guys. They're hiding some awesome reviews. On the other yeah. side, it just comes down to quality users. So if I'm looking through the list of all the people who have left reviews and they're not showing, it's because the only review they have left on Yelp, on Yelp is on my page. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also, I mean, I understand that Yelp, wants to make money they're in business to make money and uh, the reviews are basically free so i understand the need to tr in some way stimulate people to buy their services you know buy a video or buy the you know do the they have like a groupon split kind mm -hmm. of thing as well and i did that briefly but they uh groupon's real good about paying you your split pretty quickly and i don't mind if it sits in their bank account and earns some interest for a couple of days i'm cool with that but um but Yelp was so slow paying their split that I just blew it off. I just stopped doing it. So Yelp did get some of my money, but um, but aside from that, um, I've just had that free Yelp ad, and I've earned multiple tens of thousands of dollars from it. And it's the best ROI in the business, as far as I'm concerned, if you can kind of play it the right way. Right, right. And um. And their, their, their propensity to hide good reviews of yours, like when they first kind of pegged to the fact that I was uh, expanding my practice to uh, work with kids, um, I got some really good reviews from parents and all of those got sequestered into the, you know, the ghetto of reviews <laughs> or whatever. They, they figured out, they thought, oh, he's, he's getting kid, he wants kid business. So they put all my reviews behind that little wall of theirs. I mean, you can still read them. And I'll direct clients. I'll say, go go past the little thing. That's the, these reviews are not recommended. They're still five star, and um, and everything. But now they've start, they they've just thrown up their hands with me, and the, the, it's just kind of more random now. Whatever right. reviews they have hidden away. If they see a trend like I'm trying to expand into, let's say I was trying to expand into um, doing uh, autoimmune or something like that, and I got some reviews, they would jump on that and put my autoimmune reviews in the little ghetto thing, but they've just sort of thrown up their hands with me. I've, I've got all their numbers that their uh, annoying salespeople call with. Pegged. <laughs> so when they call, I go, oh, that's a Yelp salesman. I'm just not going to pick up. And they have just, you know, so you can kind of play the Yelp system, but you, <laughs> but the most important thing, and this goes back to, um, I think about, um, uh, oh gosh, drawing blank, um, British hypnotist, not Anthony Jacqueline, um, wow, this is terrible. I just had a total. I know little... so many British hypnotists. I'm not about to start yeah, I, I, <laughs> rattling I know, um, them all off. He, he wrote, um, look into my eyes. God, oh, Jonathan so Chase. So, yeah, John Chase. John Chase, um, he had this very pithy um, uh, saying, and he says, you know, what's the best thing you can do for your business? And he said, be a good hypnotist. And I yes. was like, oh, okay. So, uh, sorry about that, John. <laughs> I feel terrible about that. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, so I thought, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be the best possible hypnotist I can be and keep leveraging these Yelp reviews and, uh, just see what happens. And it honestly, Jason, it has been a really, really good thing for me, but you have to kind of understand what Yelp is like, because I have had some less than five-star reviews posted on Yelp Mm -hmm. and, um, I will do almost anything to get those off. Um, I've given complete refunds despite, you know, doing hours of, you know, hypnosis with those clients just to, uh, eliminate. And I, and I, I send them a note and I say, Hey, I saw you wrote, you know, a three-star review. And, uh, I, I'll talk about whatever the specifics were that they complained about. And I'll say, look, I understand, you know, that you're a little unhappy and I'm perfectly willing to give you a 100% refund. If you wouldn't mind for your own reasons, I throw in that little uh, NLP thing mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned that from <laughs> Ross Jeffries. Um, so I'll say, you know, for the, for all the right reasons that you can think of to remove that review, but it usually whether the NLP worked or not, <laughs> they'll usually jump at the chance to get a complete. Well, refund. I think, you know, to so, really, and, and before someone could get critical of that type of idea, let me just simply put out there the phrases that as I live by nowadays, we live in a social media world. And so many businesses and so many individuals don't quite understand that. Now, my exception would be, um, I, uh, you know, we're, we're all about to, we're heading down to the, uh, the Hypno Expo, uh, 2017, the IACT yeah, convention, mm-hmm. um, which for that one, that's turned into massive family trip and the whole family's going and we're staying at the resort and, you know, we upgraded the room to have a room with an extra suite. That way the kids can be asleep and Michelle and I could be watching TV or hanging out in the, in the living room area of the hotel, uh, as opposed to the opposite, which is that when I'm traveling by myself, um, I have a passion for the crappiest quality hotel. I mean, down mm-hmm. to the motor lodge. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, who was it? Uh, Louis CK was just on Saturday Night Live and he talks about when the place is just called Motel. It's like, what are we going to name it? <laughs> are you kidding me? It's just a motel. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and, and I'm really not picky. And in most cases, I'm just going to sleep there and get back on the road the next day. Um, right. I don't do that when the family's traveling with me, but I've kind of learned over the years that the worse the reviews online, the more likely it's probably okay. You know, in worst yeah. case scenario, could you give me a different room? And that's, that's work for the rare exceptions. Uh, but I point to a personal story, which was that, uh, we, when we moved, it was a blessing that the ugly washer dryer that was in the basement of our home, the day of the inspection just wouldn't turn on and hallelujah, we get to negotiate a closing and we get a new washer dryer. Uh, yeah. so we purchased from Best Buy and they installed, but they didn't put the hose on the back of it properly. So suddenly Ooh. water is pouring in. We've got mold going up the walls and enjoy your new home and a newborn baby yeah, at home wow. without doing laundry. That was fun. So yeah, wow. it's the brief story that, um, Best Buy would not do anything about it immediately you know we're calling on friday Mm -hmm. and we can send someone next week thursday and that's just not acceptable and it took a brief moment of finding the facebook page for that best buy location and i i I played the game of full disclosure nothing to lose uh which is that this is my name this is my phone number i've tried calling multiple times i'm trying to reach this manager and i mentioned his name because it was on the website and i'm really upset that we paid all this money and it's friday and we can't get a response until next thursday and Mm -hmm. within minutes 
To their discredit, the post was deleted, but to their credit, that manager was on the phone with me saying, we're sending a handyman right now, are you home? Yeah, yeah, that's the effect. And his his comment was, that really wasn't necessary, to which my response was, it seemed like it was, and Mm -hmm. it worked. So I'd reference that, I mean, there's a learning lesson, I had a two-star review that turned into a four-star review, because I didn't go so far as to say, please remove your review, but I responded by saying the first response, and this is all chronicled online, um, you know, I'm a little sad that it took 18 months to get feedback from you. You know, if something really was an issue, I would have hoped you would have reached out to me earlier. And your entire response was all about stress. And if that was the issue, you've got two complimentary sessions for stress relief on me. I look forward to hearing from you soon. And I, yeah, never, that is a. And I never yeah, that's heard, a great strategy. Yeah, and I never heard back, yet the, re- the review was immediately changed. Um, there's a wonky one right now by um, a very successful client, and I'll leave it to this for those to do their research on their own. Uh, very successful client, the husband left a three-star review. Oh, wow. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, so it comes back to that you phrase. You of- remove a review by someone who has not actually had your service. I had that recently. I had a, hmm. uh, I had a non-client just pop in and write a review on Yelp, and it was something like, um, I haven't seen Dan Perez, but I just have a strong suspicion he hypnotizes people to leave these good reviews. Yeah, <laughs> and I actually, and it, and it was like a three-star review, or, so, or maybe even just two. So I contacted Yelp and I said, "Look, this guy has admitted in his review that he did not use my services, so yeah. we need to get this out of there." And they actually complied, and it worked out great. Nice. I kind of wrote a blog post about it, and it was like the old thing, you know. Wow, when you're on stage, do you pay those guys to act silly and stuff? And of course, the, the stock answer is uh, no. It's kind of easier and cheaper just to hypnotize them to do that. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I, um, uh, I've only actually, I've really only had a few negative, you know, problematic reviews. And I got one of those where it was like two years after the guy had come to see me in my little, in my little bare, uh, bare bones office thing. And, um, he looked, he peeked into my briefcase when I opened it up. And I think I had some book on success by somebody or something like that, that he sort of thought that, wow, I was just working on the fly, learning hypnosis while I was hypnotizing mm-hmm. him or something like that. And he didn't get good results. And then he uh, uh, waited a long time, and apparently he went to another hypnotist, and he got the results he was looking for. And this could be ascribed to that old, the time wasn't right with me, but it was right with the other hypnotist, or maybe just that hypnotist was better than me. But the bottom line was, he wrote like a really negative review about the surroundings and all that stuff. So the way I dealt with that was, I said, hey, it's, I was kind of like you. Um, I was like, hey, it's really good that you're giving me feedback kind of far down the line. But I want to send you pictures of my new office, and it's really nice, and my clients love it. I was working with what I could afford at the time when you were there, and I apologize for that. And um, I'm willing to give you a refund um, for all the right reasons if you, you yeah. know, don't mind pulling that review. Because I, I wanted to show him that things were very different now. But when he came by, it was just the best I could do. And he was real good about it. I mean, he took the refund and then he pulled the review. So um, I'm pretty good at finessing that aspect of getting, you know, problematic reviews removed. And But I will also, my, you know, my bottom line is I will give a complete 100% refund no matter how much work 
and how much resources I gave them. Although I want to play devil's advocate for a critic out there who might be saying that you're just kind of stacking the deck. You are talking about an extreme, extreme minority here. Yes. Yes. I mean, and, and actually when you, um, yeah, because of all the reviews I've written, I think I've only had two, this is out of like 38, which I think I've got now. So you're talking about a fractional percentage here. Yes. Also, um, I mean, I'm I'm a little obsessive about Yelp because it's earned me so much money. Um, so, but even like a three star review, which by Yelp standard is still pretty good, um, is uh, there's the idea of the outlier. If you go and you read a service and it's got 45 great reviews and it's got one really crappy one, you can kind of say, okay, that's that guy that always shows up. And he's mm-hmm. never happy about anything. You know, so there is that, but I just, there's just something, uh, it's like, um, uh, it's like going back to the old Seinfeld episode where Jerry has his vomit streak. He hasn't vomited for like five years or something like that. <laughs> and then he eats it, then he eats a tainted cookie and he's going, no, no, I can't, I can't, I've got the vomit streak. So, um, it's kind of like that. If I, if I can maintain my Yelp streak of just solid reviews, uh, five-star reviews, um, I will. And actually, I've been accused of, you know, um, having, you know, coercing people into reviews, but I always very respectfully ask a client if they want to leave a review and they're, if they're free to. And I've gotten several spontaneous reviews just out of the blue. It's yes. always a surprise to wake up in the morning and have somebody raving about you on Yelp. So, yeah, it, your devil's advocate point is well made. But, you know, also my response would be I'm in business. I'm in business to succeed. And if I can leverage um, one of my business, uh, you know, factors to be more advantageous to me and honestly to my clients, because, you know, I've, I've worked very, very hard over the years to become the best hypnotist I can be. And I'm still kind of obsessive about, I'm taking a David Snyder course right now. And so I'm still pretty obsessive. I, I've learned a lot from this this guy named Jay, Jason Lynette. You might have heard of him. <laughs> anyway, um, so I've worked really hard to become the best hypnotist I can be. And by having this solid stack of reviews, it brings in more clients. And I'm actually able to help more people. And so that's the balancing factor for me um, is to get people to come in and, you know, experience what I have to offer. And that, of course, you know, leads to kind of more good reviews and that sort of thing. Cause I've mm-hmm. got a couple of clients that are doing extremely well right now. And that I'm sure they're going to be interested in posting something. I'm trying to build up my Google reviews. Now I've got about 15 of those and I'm trying to get them kind yeah. of up to the point. I, I share with you a reason why I was cautious around the Google reviews, which I had a ton of them. And then if you remember back uh, about five years ago is when I moved my office and with Google, when you switch your physical location, and this might be different now that it's about five years later, all those reviews got swiped off. And they told me as I was doing that, this is going to happen. So the strategy that I'd use nowadays is that, you know, on my incoming office forms, uh, the, the question is there, you know, how did you find me? Or even on the survey form that I use with mm-hmm. clients, uh, what made the decision? And um, it's where the number one strategy that I've used over the years that my clients always will comment, this is why I came to you, are the mm-hmm. online videos. So the videos yeah. where it's me talking through the the camera lens directly to them 
and just making it personal. That's the number one thing that drives my Virginia hypnosis business. The number two thing that follows up, though, is the Yelp reviews. So when they say, I found you on Yelp, it's where I'm going to then follow up a couple of weeks after their last scheduled appointment. And just to say, mm-hmm. and, and I've learned this one um, from the old job working in theater, uh, which was that you never walked into a, into a uh, dressing room and asked the question of, hey, just making sure everything's all right. Because then they yeah. go, why? What's going on? Because that's usually right. the cue for... That's usually the cue for um, someone's in the audience and we're not telling you who yet, (laughs) whether it's in the D.C. area, some politician or some well-known actor or the director is there to give notes. Um, Right. You know, then again, we learned the director strategy. The trick was always, hey, uh, John's in town tonight and he's going to watch the show and take notes and drinks are on him in the bar. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. then it was never an issue. Uh, but the phrase was always checking in to see how well everything's going, mm-hmm. which is basically right. the exact same statement, yet it's heard in a very different way. So I've learned, you know, <laughs> you don't call the client six months later, hey, just making sure you're still not smoking, right? Because now you're yeah. bringing in the doubt. Right. Yeah. So it's like, hey, just oh, seeing yeah. how well yeah. things are going and what's what you're up to nowadays as a non-smoker, something of that nature. Yeah, that, that's part of that you know, long-term pacing strategy and everything like that for yeah. making sure that your clients are still doing well and that which, sort of thing. So which yeah. is at that point that I'll go, Hey, by the way, I was looking through my forms and I saw that you found me this way, you know, so if you have a moment. <laughs> yeah. And some clients just, I mean, I'm, I've reached the point in my business now I'm four years in a little over four years and, um, and things are going smoothly and I'm starting to now see, referrals from previous clients that's going up and um and so you know i've I've got clients who are very happy with the work that we've done together and uh, so they're just they're well inclined now you know if you're seeing a guy for impotence or something like that it's unlikely that he's going to post a a yelp review even if he's very happy with the results um but most people I, i you know i've had anxiety clients that were thrilled that they weren't suffering from anxiety anymore um, I've had uh, parents who were thrilled that their kids not pulling out their hair anymore and stuff like that. I'm on a kind of a trichotillomania streak. I mean, I've I've had a lot of clients for that, and um, and just simple stuff that that like Kelly Woods teaches uh, for you know breaking you know collapsing anchors and stuff works really well mm-hmm. for trichotillomania. So I just seem to get a disproportionate number of kids that are doing that, but um, but the parents are thrilled, and uh, so they'll leave a nice review. And, um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people won't even initially realize that trichotillomania responds well to hypnosis. And so when they do that review, they're like, oh, my son's pulling out his, his eyebrows. I need to call this guy or something like that. But, uh, yeah, the Yelp thing has just been really, really good for me. And, um, and I've been, and I've read enough beforehand that I knew it was a calculated risk. So I will tell other people that, um, the, having reviews on Yelp is sort of like having a pet scorpion. It's pretty <laughs> to look at, but you have to be careful when you pick it up. And yeah. um, so, and Yelp's like that because I have a friend, uh, she's a professional esthetician and she is really good at what she does, but she got stung by some problematic customers. And, um, and so she hates Yelp, you know, with the stereotypical passion of a thousand sons or whatever, because, um, you know, they, she got some negative reviews and Yelp just kind of let those drift right up to the top. Mm-hmm. And, 
Um, that's part of their little bit of the strategy for them. And they have been criticized for, you know, being just a side of the mafia for extorting, you know, you to buy ads and stuff. But they also say in their, they're, they're very subtle about it nowadays. It's, you know, you, um, if things don't work out, you sort of, you know, wake up with a dead horse's head in your bed. But, you know, that, like I said, they cued, they cued on to my uh, expanding my business to uh, accommodate kids. And they immediately ghettoized all my kids' reviews. And I just thought, I'm just going to test this out. They, mm-hmm. You know, if I get enough kid reviews, they're not going to be able to stick them all back there. Yeah. And that hasn't been the case. They've relaxed that. My, my attitude is they just finally looked at this Dan Perez guy and they just threw up their hands and said, we'll sequester some of his reviews, but we just don't care which ones and stuff like that. So, um, but it's been very, very worth it to me to, um, not to just keep everything going smoothly with Yelp. And, Mm -hmm. but I just, aside from that brief foray where I was doing the Groupon split with them, I, I just haven't paid Yelp any money at all. And I've done really, really well. And so that's why to me, it's the best ROI in the business. Um, and, and, you know, you can kind of finesse their system and everything. I, um, you know, I, I have a strategy of saying uh, they let you post pictures from your own business. So here's my office. Yeah. Here's my building. That's one of those key things yeah. that I'm glad you brought that up that, you know, on one side, there is the strategy of, again, it's where we're basically spending some time here talking about companies that uh, people would often have some strongly held opinions about, um, though I can reference conversations I've had with some of the ad reps over at Facebook that mm-hmm. so often it comes back to this noble cause that we want the user to have a good experience. Otherwise, they're not going to come back. So right. I hear other hypnotists talking about how, oh, yeah, but I'll post something and it doesn't really get shared. It's like, well, yeah, because you're posting something once every two or three weeks and it's really not getting the traction because you're not building a quality page and people aren't interacting with it. Or, right. you know, it's where, you know, the story goes back with Google. Back when Google was a private company, if you were not running your Google AdWords properly, they just wouldn't show your ad. But then they right. went public and they had stockholders to respond to. And nowadays, if you are not running your ad properly, you're going to pay a massive premium to get that thing out there. So right. it's where, you know, with Facebook ads, I can often tell if I'm doing something correctly, if I'm getting conversions in the pennies, when if I'm getting them in the high dollars, six, seven dollars for every click through, it's like that's telling me, okay, I did something wrong. So mm-hmm. I've got to go back and it comes back to strategies such as, okay, I'm breaking my own rules. I'm sending a generic ad back to my homepage. No, it's got to be a laser focused click going to a specific niche website or a specific niche page, which that's going to drive the cost down and build a higher conversion. So it's going to cost me less to make a whole lot more money and I'm playing mm-hmm. their game and now they're happy with me. Right. Yeah, it's a uh, it's the kind of thing where you can um, with Yelp. Uh, if you if you read other reviews and you read other hypnotist reviews and everything, right? When I was designing my ad, I wanted to have it be as good as possible. And I stumbled across a hypnotist somewhere. I don't know whom. Um, it was in another state, and he had said I help with these things. But then he listed just like searchable keywords, mm-hmm. and uh, so I have a little paragraph in my Yelp 
uh, write-up that says, I help with XXXXX, and it was all searchable keywords, you know, like anxiety hypnosis or um, pediatric hypnosis or something like that. So, and those keywords, I mean, people will search on Yelp for those, so it's a good strategy to have a little blurb somewhere yeah. in your Yelp ad that says, I help with X. Well, again, it's, it's the and, same as yeah. a website. You want to optimize it so people actually yes. can find the words that they're using. Um, I got my first ever, you know, Yelp also has a really nice messaging system and I'll get two or three messages oh, a week yeah. on it. And this was the first time ever this week that I got a message from a woman that I'm looking for training sessions with my husband. And I saw Ooh. that and, and th first thought was, oh, they're looking for classes. Okay, good. I've got a class coming up in June. Let me send the details. And I'm seeing this response back and she's mentioning some rather specific uh, fitness things that I'm realizing Oh, wait, because I included the word exercise motivation somewhere in my description, she must have, mm. you know, played the game of let me, you know, it's the game of, um, <laughs> hey, we need a plumber at uh, 11 a.m. tomorrow morning because something's leaking. I'm going to message right. everyone I can on Yelp and everyone I can on Angie's list and see who responds first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that does happen. And uh, so, yeah, having keywords in your Yelp ad can be really helpful uh, because it is a searchable thing. And especially if it's showing up in search engines, um, I don't know what the correlation is, but um, it, it can't hurt to have those keywords mm -hmm. help push your Yelp thing. But I think um, the main thing in getting your ad up in the top of the search um, engines, I mean, as you know, and as you've advised many times, hypnotists should be working to get their regular websites up into the Yelp rankings too. And I've got a right. strategy for that, but, um, but it doesn't hurt to have that Yelp ad up there. Cause it's got that little awesome five-star logo. And so I was looking at the other hypnotists in Houston, and it's Joe Smith, hypnotist, you know, Beatrice, whatever hypnotist. Yeah. And then Dan Perez, star, 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 star. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yay. Yeah. So which I just, just a did nice a search here thing. for uh, Virginia hypnosis on Google and first hit yeah. is my website. Uh, second yeah. listing organically is the Yelp page. But then in the far mm -hmm. right, um, you know, a good reason to bump up those Google uh, reviews is that on the far right, mm -hmm. you see my Google location listing. You see five-star yeah. Google reviews. And you see open today, right. 930 to 530 and all the details. Yeah. So it's good to have that, that spectrum of Google and uh, Yelp because that box opens up and people see it. And they're Although this like, is wow. new. It also yeah. says now reviews from the web and it's showing my Google business, my uh, Facebook uh, business ratings too, because people oh, cool. can leave reviews on Facebook for a business page as well. Yeah. That Google, that Yelp messaging system is quite good too, because it's, it's, they've got it automated such that, you know, if I get busy and I forget that somebody made reached out to me via the Yelp messaging system. Um, I'll get an email from Yelp. Um, you haven't responded to Mary M in yes. three days. And I'm like, I need to respond to Mary. And they M will threaten to close your Yelp business page. If you don't respond to people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always really good about responding and they, and they list your response time, average response yes. in X days. So that's an incentive to go ahead and respond quickly because then people say, oh, wow, he responds in 24 hours. That's really good. I've been a little lax here and there about that, but um, but my average is still pretty good. Mm -hmm. And so you have to kind of, uh, it's like a garden. You have to kind of maintain it and you have to sort of also know kind of how Yelp works and 
why people leave reviews and stuff like that. Um, our business is a little bit different from, you know, a restaurant or something like that where people go and, you know, it was just an off night and the chef let their food get cold before it got run out to the table and stuff like that. And it's not technically anything to do with the overall experience of the restaurant, but it was just a bad day. Mm-hmm. And um, we're a little bit different than that in that our client flow is generally smaller. So we're not, you're not going to probably see a hypnotist with 4,000 reviews or something like that, like some other businesses. Right. Yeah. So you have to really, you have to really take care to ensure if you can, the quality of reviews is consistently high so that you can, um, because one, one star review for a restaurant that's got 4,000 reviews, it's nothing. That's probably not going to affect yeah. anything, but one, one star review for somebody that has 35 reviews, well, that's going to be a much bigger, you know, hit or whatever, even though it's still a fairly small percentage. So it's just kind of monitoring it and paying attention to it and um, getting that going. And my sister is moving down to Houston from Dallas soon. She works in, um, she works at a call desk, but she got certified through uh, Richard Nongard's program. And uh, she's moving down to Houston. She's going to stay with me for a while. And we're going to get her set up as a hypnotist down here. And um, there's really only a handful of hypnotists in Houston, so there's enough work to go around for oh, everyone. Yeah. And this goes back to the old stage strategy, you know, that, it, you know, you can be in one city like in the America or Canada and have other competing stage hypnotists there and still make a decent living because there's enough work for everyone. And so we're going to get her set up as a hypnotist down here. And, of course, we're going to use Mark, Mark's Groupon strategy. She's going to run a Groupon. And then it's good. she's going to kind of follow in my footsteps, and then we're going to work on getting her Yelp reviews up there. So it'll be kind of a family affair, and then she, she and I will be struggling for whoever has the top spot on the Google searches. But um, but yeah, it's I think it's going to be a good thing when she comes down and get, we get that going. But it's it's just really going to be almost like paint by numbers the same things that I did, just build up a number of you know positive reviews, get listed because recently. Yelp added this new thing. It was sort of a top 10 hypnotist in Houston. Mm-hmm. And and because I had the most reviews of any other hypnotist in Houston, I think that's what they went by. Yeah. So I ended up being listed in the number one spot. And, um, and I was like, wow, that's just another little freebie that Yelp tossed out because now, and, and it's, to me, it doesn't mean all that much because it just means, wow, Dan has more reviews than anybody else. So that's why he's number one. But when a client's kind of looking around, they, they see this Yelp listing top 10 hypnotists in Houston and they click on it. I'm number one. I'll take that. Yeah. You know, even, though I, <laughs> even though I know, even though I know that it's just because I have more reviews than the other. Guys. Well, it's like, and I, I hate to burst anyone's bubble on this. Um, they, they had a campaign recently where a lot of hypnotists were, and a lot of business owners too. We're uh, putting this, oh, I got s- selected for a very special thing that uh, I got this people love us on Yelp sticker that they only gave out to certain business owners when I believe that was basically shared with damn near everybody. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 Which was a brilliant strategy and, uh, and it worked, although my little sticker is sitting in my drawer over here because I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah. about to replace my front door of the office and going, I'm not going to put the glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, so, you know, you, you sort of go with the ebb and flow of Yelp, but they, I mean, because they do hope that eventually you will advertise with them. Um, they are really accommodating about stuff like that. And so, and every little bit helps. I was just, I was excited to be, know that I, you know, been listed as that number one hypnotist in Houston on the, 
but I knew what the criteria were. So right. um, I was like, eh, you know, it's just because I got the most reviews. Though what I want but people to really take away from yeah. this is that, uh, you know, it's a strategy that is effective, yet the main thing to take note of is the fact that all these things require some effort. You know, all these things, oh, yeah. just because you ha- now have the page, you're, you're right. There's some level of cultivation that goes in with it. There's some level of maintenance that's going to go into this as well. Um, I, I'd share a strategy that um, I I came up with, though I am not currently using, though you can find it online because my parents are wedding photographers. And mm-hmm. um, the, the, the thing for wedding photographers is a website called weddingwire.com. And at one point, this goes back about maybe four or five years ago, it was a big deal that they had 55 reviews on Wedding Wire when everyone else in the area maybe had like three or four. So mm-hmm. what I had suggested was, you know, it's really easy to, to create a redirect. Uh, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's buy you 55reviews.com. And uh, you can use that in some of your print advertising, you know, in their bridal show, their handouts. Here's a little postcard that says, uh, visit 55reviews.com to see the updates. And I get a phone call from my dad at one point saying, hey, we need to do a new one because we have more than 100 reviews now. To which I went, you know what? Let's keep it the same way. Let's not change it. Because you're going and you're expecting to see 55 reviews. And all of a sudden now, I think at last glance is well over 300. Oh, wow. Yeah, nice. Or more of a more of a 200 at this point. Um, so it's where, you know, take note of that, that just getting the reviews was only the initial step. Because um, it's right. also the strategy of how do we tell people it's it's my statement that, you know, advanced certifications, um, people weren't asking Dave Elman for his certificates. Bandler and Grinder were not certified in NLP. Uh, it's our yeah. criteria. Tony Robbins doesn't stick any letters at the end of his name. So it, it's yeah. What, Anthony Jacklin says his certificates just sit in a drawer. Yeah. His desk which which is like not that, to yeah. discount them, but it's to say that it's the value that you give them. And yes, I do have people who will reach out to me because I am certified through the NGH. I do have people who right. train with me specifically because I'm board certified, specifically because I'm an instructor, specifically because I've done training in this specific protocol. Uh, though the majority that are out there are making the decisions based on the criteria that we set. Oh, yeah. 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 Which and, is exactly again, what you're goes- doing here. And it goes back to the John Chase thing. Be a good hypnotist. Yeah. And because word of mouth, when I conclude my first session with clients, um, I give them a refrigerator magnet with my business card on it, which was an idea that um, Melissa Roth had that I thought was genius because she said nobody ever throws away refrigerator magnets. Right. And I have like I have like you know nineteen year old refrigerator magnets on my refrigerator. Oh, I love that. So I. I, so she had said, uh, this is part of, I think, of her medical medical hypnotherapy course, but give them a refrigerator magnet with your business card and say, hey, toss this on the fridge. And uh, and, I've, and I've had repeat clients come back in and say, yep, your little card's still in my fridge. And I'm like, key, like that. <laughs> so, um, and then the second thing I do is I have a little rack of just regular business cards and I just grab a few of those and I say, hey, word, word of mouth's really important to me. You know, may, maybe now you know, because I use your strategy of, uh, doing a convincer at the end of their session so that they know they were hypnotized. Um, and so I say, now you know what it feels like to be hypnotized. And if anybody asks you, you can just say, oh, wow, it feels really good or X, you know, and then they'll 
you know, maybe hand out a business card. So, uh, but the, um, the refrigerator magnet strategy, I highly recommend that because yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's a really, really good one. Um, Melissa was a genius for sharing that. Well, I mean, and, one that um, I did for a while yeah. that I've gotten a little lazy on, um, th- there's a danger to when everything is working, you know, which is a good place to be, but that's often where some of your best strategies you let fall by the wayside. Uh, yes, I was doing true. it. I was doing at one point these really nice uh, handwritten thank you cards to clients. You know, I would even go so far as to make sure that I would take the long way home uh, because to go one specific route, I would drive past the post office that was open till six o'clock. Because I wanted you to have the thank you card in the mailbox for me the day after your first appointment. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. a little note on that, on my, and let me grab one of these because they're right next to me here. Yeah. Um, on my office intake forms, because sometimes they're not telling people that they're coming here. Um, when I'm asking for their mailing address on the uh, client history form, um, there's an asterisk next to address, and it says, follow-up may be done by U.S. mail, leave blank to opt out. Mm-hmm. You know, so they gave me their email address on the phone, but I would get their mailing right. address and send them something of that nature You know, the next day. Yeah, that's definitely good, because people like that. Um, I For a long time after I bought my house, the title company, a person who uh, – was really, really nice and very professional and everything. Sent me a little card every Christmas, you know, saying, Hey Dan, how's your house? You know, how's everything going? And it was just a little thing, but it always, it, I had anchored good feelings already because my getting my title was was so easy to do through that person. I already had anchored a little good feeling for them as well. And so when that card would show up every year, um, I would go, Oh, Hey, that's, X, you know, and if it happened to be that somebody else I knew was buying a house and they needed their title done, I would go, oh, yeah, go to this person. Because just because of that little touch, that extra touch that they made and um, and, it, you know, at least once a year, they were at the forefront of my mind for a day or two, which was really nice. And, and obviously you can do that more often. Right. Um, there's a there's a company called Send Out Card yeah. that has a completely automated program for sending out you know, cards to clients and cards to prospective clients sometimes and that sort of thing. And um, I haven't had a great deal of need for that just yet, but I'm friends with a send out cards representative. So when I'm ready to, you know, start doing that and have it be automated, which I know you're a huge fan of, um, that would be the way that I would do it. I would probably do the send out cards thing because they have easy online ways to design and send cards and you pay a, a little premium, but not very much for the value I think you can get out of it. And um, it's sort of like the postcard strategy uh, that you had done and Jeff Ronning had done for stage hypno and uh, just sending out those postcards, you know, as a simple reminder that, Hey, I'm doing these shows and um, you know, you can check it out. So yeah, it's, um, it's it, it's just a strategy, and so you want to, uh, like a general preparing for a battle, you want to try to think of all the possibilities <laughs> that you can think of that will affect your campaign, and then you know do something to deal with those. And with Yelp, um, I mean, I've I've had my Yelp account now for the entire four years that I've been a hypnotist, and uh, or or full time. And uh, so, but I check it periodically. I check it because uh, reviews show up without any notice. Because uh, sometimes I'll miss the little email that they send out. Hey, X reviewed you on Yelp or whatever, and and I might 
be surprised and I go, Oh, Hey, there's a new, a new client review or, uh Oh, here's a two star review. I better see what I can do about this. So, um, it, it takes some cultivation and paying attention, but I will cultivate and I will pay attention to a, you know, a resource that has provided me with, you know, a lot of money at no cost to me. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to put in a little extra time here and there. Which I mean, uh, at its core, and again, I want to reframe that for the one who might be a little cynical of that. Uh, it's the same thing that we would do in my opinion, if someone, um, was unhappy with something, you know, I've, I, I point to the example that, um, you know, here's a client that one time I'm, I'm of the mindset that I teach self-hypnosis at the end of the process. You know, I'll teach strategies as the tech, as the process is moving forward, uh, though I will teach a more formalized self-hypnosis strategy at the end of the process because to look at somebody who can't yet make the change and tell them, I'm going to show you how you can do it for yourself, I see a bit of a disconnect. When I'd rather right. give you tools to either maintain or enhance once the process is further in motion. Now, again, you know, NLP strategies are folding the whole way through and things they can do. Um, the rebranding as uh, anytime, anywhere, and nobody knows you're doing something. Though here's a moment right. where a guy came in and he basically said, you know, if I could just shut my body down for like a minute or so and just completely detox and relax and feed myself positive suggestions, that'd be great. To which I went, that, that, that's exactly what the self-hypnosis is I teach you. Hey, uh -huh. let's do something different. And I taught it way too early. And he came back right. the next session and just, he was confused. Um, and it's where my phrase was, okay, so last week was on me. Uh, you will still be able to use that self-hypnosis process. We'll revisit it later. However, congratulations. Today is now your second appointment. And he smiles yeah, and goes, I'm oh, sweet. <laughs> I'm real good about giving extra appointments. Um, uh, it's, it's in, it's, there's language in my intake form that said, Hey, if you don't give me, and, and I know I've talked with James Hazelrick about this, but, mm -hmm. um, there's language in my form that says, if you don't give me 24 hours notice and then you don't show up, your, your obsession can be forfeit. But I, it's, it's extremely rare that yeah. I enforce that. I, they, they might say, Oh, my kid is sick this morning. I can't make it in. And I go, okay, we'll just shift it. Yeah. But I, I do also give out if there's a hitch, cause, um, I, this doesn't happen as often now that I use more automated systems for my, um, my scheduling and stuff like that. But occasionally I'll still accidentally, uh, double book a, a slot. And then, um, I will just pick the person who I think is least likely to be bent out of shape. Um, and, and I'll, I'll ask them if they don't mind. And I always give an extra session. I say, look, I'm going to give you an extra session. It's this much value. I quote whatever my hourly rate is at the time. And I say, uh, this is just a, a courtesy because I know I've inconvenienced you a little bit today. Mm -hmm. And, uh, by being that moment of being a little bit humble about it, you know, I know I've, I've inconvenienced you today. Um, that usually gets them, you know, away from, Oh, you bastard to, Oh wow. He's, he's being nice about it. Right. And, yeah. Um, and then I just add on the idea of an extra session, but I'm real liberal about, uh, giving out extra sessions if I need to. And, uh, I've got, you know, as a hypnotist, I've got flexibility in my schedule so I can just go, okay, I'll just make a note that I've added a free session to this person's, uh, string of sessions. And that's what I'm going to do. But that goes a long way towards goodwill building as well, because, 
you know, the, they might, that same person might come back and go, wow, you know, we had a little hitch in the scheduling, but uh, Jason or Dan gave me a free session on or top of it. Or in most cases, wow. I found when you just take care of it appropriately, they just don't remember it. It just completely fades out, you know. Yeah. I'd rather yeah. have it, you know, it's where it's not even the, the negative. It's just kind of back to neutral as it should be. Right, um, I right. am. And I am so fearful of two people waiting in my lobby that I'm proud to say that has never actually happened here. Um, but two two levels of insanity in terms of how I guarantee that. Of um, this morning was one that I have a I have multiple email addresses, and one of the email mm-hmm. addresses has now morphed into oh wait if we sync that one with my wife's phone we have a shared calendar yay and right. you know. Because I don't use info at virginiahypnosis.com for anything other than the calendar now, um, right. you know, no client data is going to her phone. Um, right. But the experience is, again, that, you know, in these rare moments where even if it's not, it, it goes back to the stage manager uh, car- career, even if it's not my fault, uh, I am taking the blame. Yeah, I will do that as well, because that's very meaningful to people. They... Um, when you get bent out of shape and you're thinking, wow, this is not the situation that I'm happy with, and you play bad cop with yourself, then you, uh, you're you reassuring them, yeah, something's wrong, and hey, I'm aware of it, and hey, let's do this to fix it. And that little sequence um, where you acknowledge that they've that they're upset and you acknowledge that there's a problem. And then you say, Hey, let's create a solution right now Right, yeah. that you're happy with. And, um, and yeah, that it breaks down. I mean, there's David Snyder talks about that, um, emotional refractory period, but you can break that down pretty quickly by just acknowledging that they're upset. You know, when I was upset at United, um, I, it would have been great if they had said, Hey, listen, we're really sorry with this is kind of a, a mix up and, we're going to get you on the plane as soon as we can. And, uh, it's kind of, you know, we, we, you know, we can, we can probably improve this. So I hope you'll be patient with us. If they had said stuff like that, instead of just kind of saying, uh, you got to wait before you get on. Yeah. I think my attitude towards United might've been a little bit better. And so when, um, when we as hypnotists kind of go out of our way to say, Hey, yeah, wow. I, I totally screwed up. Um, although I don't use that verbiage, right. <laughs> um, then, um, then yeah, they're, they're much more open. And then, and then they know you're, you're sort of wending your way towards, Hey, let's get a really good solution for this situation. And though I have um, double booked, uh, I, it's rare now that I do that anymore, but uh, I did have a few double bookings and I just found that being real accommodating and, and, um, and apologetic and, Hey, let's find a solution right now. And then bringing up the idea of a free session. Mm-hmm. And I actually mentioned the value of the session because, um, you know, people sometimes balk at the, at the prices that I charge and stuff like that. And so the idea of getting a free session, that's, you know, $160 or, uh, like if it was w- with Richard Nongard, $250 an hour or something like that, they're going to go, wow, that's, I'm impressed that this person just saved me you know, $160 on my whole program or whatever. So that kind of thing. And it's just an hour of my time or an hour of your time or an hour of Richard's time. But it's uh, the, the even that monetary value, it's like getting the coupon, you know, in the yeah. mail and they go, hey, you get a free, you know, you get a free hot dog at the hot dog place because we love you. And so um, it has that same effect. And they, 
And I've rarely had any difficulty beyond that. And actually, usually it results in another thrilled client because yeah. I went out of my way to accommodate them when I made you know a screw up or something like that. And it's just that customer service ethic. I even say in my sessions, and this is true, I say my customer service ethic is through the roof. And so I actually tell my clients, if you need to contact me anytime, day or night, you're welcome to call or email and I will take your call or email. And, uh, and I do, and I've had that's come back to bite me a couple of times. Cause I have a client call me at like, you know, uh, 11 PM at night and go, Hey Dan, I'm having some trouble. But that just saying that and them knowing that they've got kind of a little safety net or a support network or something like that while they're with you. Um, it's that extra customer service thing that goes beyond, you know, way beyond the hypnotist who just sits you in a room and clicks play on a recorder or Absolutely. something like that that goes <laughs> and smoke has a smoke or something like that. So um, I, you know, I emphasize customer service, but I also walk the walk when it's necessary. And, and so, uh, and that just makes my customers feel very, very taken care of, I guess. And I want them to feel that way. And I have continuing strategies. I offer a discount to uh, returning clients. And I say, look, um, even if you don't ever return, um, I'm always available for questions. So if you have a question about another hypnotist you might want to see or a question about hypnosis or just about your program down the line, feel free to drop me an email. I'll be glad to answer any questions you have. And it's fair that they actually get back in touch that way, but just having them carrying that knowledge, you know, adds to the cachet of you as, as a sort of a consummate professional and that sort of thing. And, and so later if they meet somebody who needs hypnosis, Oh yeah, this guy, Dan, he's great. He, you know, he told me that I can call him anytime and he's very accessible and that sort of thing. So it's all part of the big gestalt of getting, you know, this sort of marketing plan together, but you want them to feel taken care of and like you're listening and being responsive. And that was not what I got from United last Thursday. So I was a little <laughs> less inclined to fly that airline again. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but yeah, people, you know, if you could even go a little bit out of your way to make them feel like you are genuinely responsive, genuinely caring and, um, you know, and searching for a solution that will make them happy. You know, you, you can ride out the little bump. Well, I think the phrase comes back to, again, just simply doing good work. Uh, hey, Dan, yeah. before we before we wrap up, because uh, I've got a client actually uh, about to arrive in the next couple of moments here. Okay. Uh, I'd ask you a simple question to rewind the story back. If you knew okay. then what you know now, the old question, uh, to have started and uh, even earlier. So uh, what, mm -hmm. what would you have done different along this journey? Um. I would have, uh, so I've got your business course and if I know, if I knew then what I know now, I would have instituted some of your strategies earlier. And, um, but in terms of the Yelp thing, I would have probably done it. Ex I would probably do it exactly the same way mm -hmm. and, um, and get that going. Uh, and I would probably still use Mark's Groupon strategy, which unfortunately I'm unsure if he's still selling that or not, but it's a great strategy for Groupon. But, um, uh, what would I have done differently? I can't really think of much that I would have done differently because I was trying to do the best thing I could do every step of the way. And I, w I was very open to learning what I needed to do from people like you and Nongard and other people uh, to find out just the best practices that I could immediately institute. So I would, uh, I would be something that a science fiction writer once called himself I would be, I would become a sponge for knowledge Yeah, and uh, just get all the information you can use 
on what you need and then start instituting it. But yeah, my one regret is probably that some of the successful stuff I'm doing now, you, you, you actually pinged me on that a while back and you said, Hey Dan, congrats for using the strategy that I taught you uh, six months ago. Or like that. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but um, I, I would have been more uh, attuned to getting that stuff in place earlier because I have seen a difference in my business because of that. And so that's that's the one thing that I would have done differently. I would have been quicker to institute some of those strategies earlier on and start seeing the results earlier instead of later. And um, there are sort of, re- I have my own personal reasons why that didn't happen. But now that I have done some of that stuff, it's really streamlined my business and things are going a lot better and I've got happier clients. I've got a better schedule. I'm getting more clients. So it's all there. And so I would just, you know, if you get a good resource from another hypnotist like Melissa Roth or Richard Nongard or Jason Lynette, I would say, put it into practice as quickly as you can and, uh, and do, and do what they ask you to do. If they say you need to create a website with, with your city or state in the name or the URL, Put your city or state in the URL. I still have my main website is danperezhypno.com, which is a pretty crappy <laughs> URL for a website. I haven't changed it because I created a blog strategy that pushed that up into the top of the Google rankings anyway. But um, but yeah, that advice is really solid. And so when my sister starts up her business, her websites will have you know keyword search organized URLs and stuff like that. And, um, so I'm a bit of an <laughs> exception in that way, but, but it made more work for me down the line. And if I'd had, you know, I probably could have gotten a lot more clients earlier if I'd had, you know, the city or state in the URL. So, you know, find the people with the best advice, take their advice and then institute it. That's probably what I would have done. Although I did a lot of that. There were just certain things that I kind of ignored and then said, Oh, I'll try this. Oh, wow. What a good result. So that's kind of how it works. Hey, it's Jason Lynette here. And if that doesn't inspire you to get out there and make sure your business can be found, I don't know what will. Though in the meantime as well, head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. This is the program that Dan referenced as being helpful along his journey. And this is the program that you can begin to use as well. It's the entire digital brain dump of everything that I've done to grow my hypnosis business as the hypnotic business guinea pig testing strategies for you and really putting them into place and then sharing with you what works and how do you make it work as I like to say more good or better head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com thanks for listening to the work smart hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com 